Hello, everyone. You're listening to Geek Top 5, the podcast. The Top Top Podcast. Uh, I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And we're here to talk to you about the coolest, geekiest things that happened in the last little while. Uh, this is episode one, our debut episode. Uh, it is March 12th, 2016. So let's kick it off right from the top. Uh, number five. The fifth coolest thing that happened, uh, Goodyear, known for uh, known for their tires, known for not being Michelin because they don't have the Michelin man. Also known and for their blimps. Also well known for their blimps. Always over sporting arenas, I don't know why. Um, they came out with this cool concept video where essentially they want to release, well, they're talking about releasing a spherical tire for an autonomous vehicle. The idea being that, well, it might be a little complicated for a person to drive if a computer's doing it, they can release this whole new way, this whole new way to do a car. Um, the idea being that you're going to have this big ball in the place of your cylindrical tire, obviously four of them, um, connected by maglevs to your car. Uh, magnetic levitation, like the, the Shanghai Trans Rapid. The most obvious advantage to this will be for situations like parallel parking. Instead of having to do your three-point whatever the heck, your car will be able to strafe. Clearly, the, those the words of uh, uh, consistent driver, three-point whatever the a heck. Th- three-point whatever the heck is a Goodyear-approved maneuver. <laughs> Uh, No, the idea being that your car is going to be floating above these four balls, and it's now going to be able to go forward and back and side to side. It's it's a whole different way of turning. Uh, So you you need to parallel park, you drive up next to the thing, and you go straight right, 90 degrees. Um, Lots of other little additions, too. They're talking about how it'll help in terms of skidding, like you could have all four balls automatically adjust and go to the different direction to hold you in place. Um, lots of smart car features, talking about if you drive over a puddle, it could tell other cars with the same thing. If there's a puddle ahead, it could slow it down. Yeah, this is getting, you know, creepy Big Brother, or like Wally sort of world where we're just going to be floating around little chairs and be served drinks and not have to actually do anything. Well, it's, I'm not necessarily against doing nothing. I find it to be rather pleasant myself. Um, but no, the idea being that they're coming out with a saying that your cars have been the same way because of this limitation, the driver. And now that we have stuff like the Google car taking the driver out of it, there's all kinds of cooler ways to make a car cooler. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really into this futurology stuff. I love when you can take an idea like this and turn it over and come up with something new. I also wonder if this is kind of a halfway idea. Now, I don't know about you. I've been around for a while, and I was promised that by 2016, my cars were going to be flying. Well, it will be hovering over four balls. So I yeah, mean, but, it's a step in the right direction. But, but I'm, like, I'm talking like looking out the window of Coruscant. Like I'm, you know, you're, right. like, you know, you need to change lanes up 500 meters yeah. to find a faster thing. That's what I'm looking for. I love when these concept ideas come out, but they, you never really go anywhere, and you can always tell the ones that are kind of half-baked. And I'm worried that this is kind of that situation. Well, I just don't think it's... <sighs> It's a long way off. Like, I think in order for a car like this to work, and, and in the ideal world that they've created for it, everyone needs cars like this. And for a long time, it's going to be just the super rich who can afford something like this. So it's not going to be that beneficial because you, you still have to accommodate for regular drivers and regular cars. So all the planning that they're already talking about with, like, more space for parking lots because you don't have to have room for, like, two cars to go by or someone to pull out and go back in. You can just roll your car along parallel to where the cars are parked and they just slide into spots. So you have more spots in parking lots because you don't need as much room for driving around the parking lot. But that only works if everyone's got these cars. Right. And by the time you have... A, you know, a maglev ball wheel car for everybody, 
Are we really not going to have jetpacks by then? Are we really not going to have transporters by then? I feel like I've always just had the sense of thing. It's, it's such a cool idea, but we're going to leap right past it. Um, it's, not it's not exactly equitable, but I remember getting the same feeling. You remember when the PlayStation 3 first came out, they were talking a big deal about their six-axis controller. Um, a controller with motion controls. Mm -hmm. It's like a regular controller, and it's like another company that doesn't need to be named that's making a lot of money off of motion right now. Nobody used the six-axis controller. Their debut for the thing was this game called Lair by Factor 5. It was essentially Rogue Squadron on Dragons. Hmm, cool. And you'd pick it up, and you know, you'd tilt the stick, the, 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 sorry, the whole controller to the left, and the dragon was supposed to go to the left, but it didn't. It wasn't one... It, it never... You played with it for two minutes. You said, yeah, that's cool. I'm going back to a controller now. I feel like this is the same thing. It's a fun idea, but it's too much to change, and it's not doing enough to make it worth that change. Right. Just uh, a, a thought here from our uh, official Geek Top 5 car correspondent, Nick Valerio, production engineer, Toyota Motor Engineering and Manufacturing. So, you know, no slouch. Fair enough. Uh, he says, the biggest benefit would be the unidirectional steering that's possible. With that, lots of optimization would be possible in the structure and path of roadways. Again, talking about the changes to roadways, but can you imagine having to dig up and change every road? Yeah. I mean, just in the city of Toronto, much less across the entire planet? It's like, it only works if this is the first car, you know? Or, like, an entire city is built with the car in mind. Yeah, once we start colonizing Mars, yeah. we'll do it with maglev cars. Yeah, and then the people from Mars will come here and be like, ah, oh, these people are so backwards, but they don't know. They don't know what we had to go through here. <laughs> Martians. Back in my day, when yeah, cars yeah. were on wheels. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Geek Top, Geek Top 5 says, cool idea, but doesn't quite hit number one. <laughs> Thanks, Goodyear, for trying. We'll be interested to see what you got in the future. Number four. Speaking sort of of video games... Um, Nintendo has been doing their Nintendo Directs recently, which is essentially a 20-minute Nintendo commercial that you can download and watch, which is a ton of fun. Um, but the most recent one, they released a bunch of new details for Star Fox Zero to be released on April 22nd. Um, Star Fox originally coming out in 93, or Lilat Wars if you're across the pond. Um, Star Fox is one of those weird things. In the, you know, in the Disney Corporation that is Nintendo, the Star Fox characters are kind of B-listers. Yeah. But has a huge cult following for the surprisingly few games they actually have. I gotta say, I think part of the reason for that B following is that they have been used so inconsistently over the course of their career. At least in, in my estimation. You know, there were games where they just got... It was like a whole unique game, and then they just decided to throw the Star Fox characters in there. Even though it had nothing to do with the Star Fox games that had come before. That was Star Fox Adventures. Yeah, ground... So they took him out of the spaceships and put him on the ground. And it's like, what's the point? It's, they've had, it's a bit of their rockier franchises, but it's got a lot of people really excited. I know between you and me, uh, Star Fox 64 in particular, between the two of us, we've probably put about 70 or 80 hundred million hours <laughs> into it. Yeah, it was, um, it's one of those N64 games that just, they are the 64 to, to me anyway. Like that and maybe Goldeneye, but even then, Star Fox is like the only one... I can go back to today and still play without any, like, oh, I can't understand these controls. It's built for that machine, and it works perfectly on the 64. And uh, I'm this game, Star Fox Zero, from what I've seen, 
looks like it's really going back to that way of thinking. That's exactly what they, it looks like they've been doing. After Star Fox 64, they did the RPG adventure, Star Fox Adventures. They had kind of a lousy follow-up on the GameCube, Star Fox Assault. There was Star Fox Command on mobile. None of them, they kept trying to take it in new directions, and none of them really caught. It looks like they're pulling a Force Awakens with this. They're going back to the groundwork, and they're going to rebuild this from what everyone loved. It's a rail shooter, you're in your ship, you're blowing up targets and getting a score. There's diverging paths, diverging objectives. This was a big part of what made that game eventually. Yeah. You could play from start to finish in an hour and a half, maybe, but the way you got from the first level to the end level, depending on what you did, it was maybe you'd go to planet A, maybe you'd go to planet B, and if you managed to save planet B, you could go to planet C. Yeah. Things didn't go so well on planet B, you would have to detour through planet D. And even within that, on certain planets, depending what you did, you could have divergent paths within that same level. At like in the first, the like the very first level of Star Fox sixty four, there's the regular boss. But if you got good enough and you could pass through these these certain pathways, you could get to a whole other boss at the end of the level. It just it gave you so many different ways to play. So you could have a different experience each time, and you could be shooting for a different thing each time. One time through, you could just play your favorite levels. Another one, you could be going for a top score. Another one, you could just be going for like, the most difficult. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different ways to do it, and it looks like they're bringing it back. Now, it's coming out for Wii U, so obviously they're trying to take advantage of the gamepad. They've added some features where the way they show it is that you fly the ship on your TV, but on the little gamepad, you hold it up and it's sort of a cockpit view for specific aiming. And one of the things they're talking about is a co-op game where one person has the controller and is flying the ship, the other person has the gamepad and is screwing around in a turret. So it looks kind of like the Millennium Falcon, yeah. where someone's piloting and someone's shooting from the quad gun. It looks like a lot of fun. It, you can still do it the old way if you want, but there's a way to play with friends, and friends on a couch, which is super rare these days. Yeah. Um, obviously, here at Geek Top 5, we're huge Star Fox fans. Definitely. So we're incredibly excited about this, but on the off chance you haven't played Star Fox 64... Man, you are missing out. You can get a port. It's pretty good. A pretty good port in the 3DS if you're having trouble finding an old Nintendo 64. But it's one of those games, you know, it's not really about the story. It's not really about the experience. Where It's, it's just, it's about playing the game. Yeah. It's a ton of fun. And we're really looking forward to seeing what the rest of this is coming out. A few other things Nintendo would probably want mentioned. They're also releasing it with this little tower defense game for free. For yeah, no reason. I haven't, Star Fox Guard. I haven't looked too much into it, for, but from what I've seen, it seems kind of complicated. Like, you set up cameras in these tunnels, and then the, your TV screen has all of the, your camera views on there, and then on your gamepad you can cycle through specific ones. It's it's definitely a play-in on the sort of casual gaming market that's become a big deal lately. Right. Um, they, I, they haven't quite mentioned anything, but I'm sure we're going to see some microtransactions there. Mm. Um, but you know what? They want to throw a free game in. Oh, okay, I'll give it a try, but i got to be honest, I'm really much more excited about the actual flight experience. Right. One of the things that might save it from the microtransaction uh, thing is that at least on the, the the digital store that Nintendo has, you can buy them separately. So if they're charging you, you know, $10 or $15 for the game itself... To my mind, that means you're not going to be expected to do microtransactions. I don't know if that's going to be how it works out. Maybe that's old-fashioned of me to think that way. But uh, it feels like if you're paying to buy the game, then you shouldn't have to pay to win the game, which is sort of where the lines have been drawn. You know, free game, but you have to pay to get the best stuff to win the game, or pay for a full game and just enjoy the game on its own. 
Uh, we'll have to see what Nintendo does. They've been a little late with their online strategy. Hmm. Um, the biggest example recently is Smash Brothers. They finally, it's one of their first games that's finally had DLC. They've been pretty fair with the pricing for it, um, but we'll have to see what they decide to do. Either way, Star Fox is back. We're very excited. Yeah. We know all the lines off by heart, and it's driving me crazy that they're playing with that. You can watch them in the Nintendo Direct, where they start a line one way and finish it another. Hmm. They have Star Wolf say, you're good, but not good enough. Ah. And yet, what? <laughs> That's not the original line. Messes with my head, but it looks like it's going to be a blast. All right, moving up now, number three. Uh, speaking of The Force Awakens, um, you've probably heard of this little-known sci-fi <laughs> cult classic that came out as Star Wars The Force Awakens. Did moderately well in theaters, and I think, you know, they got a couple mentions here and there. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was nominated for an Oscar, too, but uh, fell to obscurity. Yeah, as tends <laughs> to happen. In any case, in, in case you happen to forget... Um, it is coming out for home purchase for DVD, Blu-ray, digital, whatever you like to download it on. On I believe it's April fifth. Unfortunately, they're they're doing that thing with retailer exclusive stuffing. What they what the company calls value added material. Um, folks who take this a little personally are probably flashback. The big grievous example of this was the release of Star Trek Into Darkness in two thousand thirteen. Essentially, what this means is depending on what store you buy it at you get different things. Right. They all come with the movie, but for these special features, you had to buy Star Trek here. And for these special features, you had to buy Star Trek here. If you wanted to buy all the special features, you had to buy the movie five times. Or what they eventually ended up doing was release the Star Trek Into Darkness Compendium Edition, which came with the original Star Trek movie by J.J. Abrams, Star Trek Into Darkness, all the special features, plus extra special features that are were brand new to this edition. Which seems... Like piracy. Yeah. I, I suspect it might actually be considered a war crime. Now, your, my, my thing with this is it, it all sounds bad. It sounds like, you know, they're going out of their way to, to screw the fan base who want all these special features. But in my experience, a lot of the special features that they do these exclusives with are boring or just like just puff pieces you know here's johnny boyega talking about how great it was to be on the force awakens and he's like it was sure great to be in the force awakens and i'm paying i'm going to target for this exclusive special feature i i think i can live without it you know it's i mean it's an interesting argument i mean i'm the kind of person i don't even buy movies that often but if i do i almost never watch the special features yeah but this is star wars I'm desperate for Star Wars content. I'm rewatching the cartoons. I'm thinking of buying. Like, I don't even Wait, are you own Disney. About, like droids and Ewoks. You watching those cartoons? We're gonna start from zero and work our way up, man. <laughs> uh, so I want all this Star Wars stuff. Now, to be fair, let's get it out and make it clear. Uh, it seems like this is not so bad as Into Darkness was. Um, it looks like there's four retailer exclusive kits right now. There's one at Target that comes with some bonus content and some never before seen interviews. There's one coming from Walmart that just has BB-8 on the cover, and it has exclusive discs for Star Wars Connections. Yeah, what's that? That is a little card game that they sell. It's, uh, they use the term disc, but they're cards. Okay. Um, you it's a collectible card game where you get you, know, you get the Princess Leia card, and you get the Kylo Ren card, and you play them against each other, and you build up a score. All right. It's single-digit ages, but if you're into that kind of collectibles thing, well, you better go get the Walmart one. Mm -hmm. um, then there's one Best Buy, which is the Steelbook packaging. 
So if you're one of those guys who saw the Steelbook Blu-ray release of the classic and the prequel trilogy right before Force Awakens came out, and you're the kind of guy who likes your bookshelf to look uniform, Best Buy is the only place you can get the Steelbook on it. All right. Each one of those, by the way, came with a character on the front. The Phantom Menace one was Maul. The Empire one was... This, this one is Kylo Ren. Yes, so uh, my wife has already pre-ordered that one. Of course, because yeah. Kylo Ren is yeah. on it. And finally, there's the Disney Store one, which comes with a bunch of exclusive lithograph. Yeah. Um, essentially little pictures. I think the, uh, did the Target one also have stuff for the Disney online store, like exclusive downloads for, for of special features from their, you know, their I, platform? I believe that's how you're going to get it. There seems to be some conflicting information about whether these extra features are on the disc okay. or whether they're downloadable. Either way, if you want all that stuff, you gotta buy it four times or, you know, wait an extra year or... Hopefully not until the end of the trilogy when they'll release the all-in-one edition that'll be shaped like Darth Vader's head and it'll have all of that stuff plus a bunch more on it. Um, I don't know about you, if for me, in my case, I'm voting with my wallet. I'm not buying from any of those places. Yeah. I do not support this stuff. This drives me crazy. Yeah. You know what? If I could buy all this stuff separately, that's something. If I bought the movie and got some special features and I really wanted more special features... And I could go out and buy more special features. Maybe I'd do that. You know, but I'm not buying the movie four times. Right. But at, at some point, almost all of these are going to end up on YouTube in some form or other. And the, like I said, a lot of them are just going to be puff pieces, just fluff, where people are going to be saying the same nice things over and over again. Oh, JJ is such a genius. What an honor it is to be in this thing. And... Uh, I don't know how many times I need to watch people say that. I mean, the one some of the basic We all know features, that he's a genius. We don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some of the basic special features are going to have that stuff. Like, there's, a, a, I think, a whole feature-length documentary about the making of The Force Awakens is one of the special features. The one I'm really curious about, and I, I would love to say I'll watch it, but I don't know if I'll actually, you know, set aside the time to, to do it, but they record, recorded the entire first table read of... The script and you can watch that you know that picture that came out of them all sitting on couches and you know r2d2s in a box behind them and stuff and they they go through the whole script you can watch that and i'm curious to see that just to see how the script changed from that reading of it to what ended up on the screen i like the juicy deleted scenes or even changed lines ah that that intrigues me i would i would even be interested just to see how the actor like how they're playing off each other yeah. before they're accustomed to each other the way the characters are working together i'm also that, curious i mean mark hamill doesn't have a single line in the movie yeah, but was I, he there he was there i just uh, <laughs> get to see him twiddling his thumbs for uh, but there's the question did he have lines ah, in the exactly. movie at the table we don't know there's a little trailer for this special feature and you can hear him reading the the opening scrawl so he, he got to do something, nah. at least. <laughs> well, if anyone's going to read the opening scrawl, I would hope it was Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. I wish he would do it in, like, the Joker's voice or something, just to mix things up. <laughs> Does he own the rights to the Joker's voice? Is he allowed to do that? Well, it's his voice. He's not... He, I give or take. You know, back in the day, uh, he did the voice of the Hobgoblin in an episode of the Spider-Man animated series. It was the Joker. It was... Fair enough. <laughs> in any case... Hopefully, that'll be one of the main ones. We can expect that that's on all four. But this retailer exclusive stuff, I, I got, you know, Geek Top 5 has got to recommend you vote with your wallet in this case. Yeah. They're testing right now to see what we're going to be able to put up with. And the, I, the other thing is, though, it, we're entering this age of digital downloads for everything. Everything's digital. You're not going to have discs for everything. And special features are 
becoming more and more rare. I, I don't even know how much longer they're going to be putting out discs for movies. So, I don't know. It, it's... It seems like a desperate attempt to draw people to one retailer or another, and it's... But it's, I mean, it's so transparent. Yeah. And that's that's what gets under my craw. It's so transparent the cash grab. Yeah. And it, I don't want... I don't want, you know, the dark times of our life <laughs> interfering with my Star Wars. Right. <laughs> my Star Wars are just supposed to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. And it also... It, it, it sort of screws uh, some of these smaller retailers who can't compete with that and... and demand exclusive features right who's gonna bu- go buy it from mom and pop video if yeah. only target gets the yeah it's a shame yeah anyway i've pre-ordered mine from amazon um i'm not giving any of these exclusive guys my money and they'll send it directly to me and i don't have to leave the house right. so that's a win-win in my we case. know how much you hate leaving the house it's, there's people out there Ugh. man <laughs> any case moving on number two the, staying in the world of movies, um, the new Ghostbusters movie released a trailer recently, and then they released a new trailer also recently. Just to be fair here, they are there's a domestic trailer and an international trailer, and that's not unusual. There's there's always little differences between the two. People like collect trailers these days and analyze them for what differences there are. I think one of the telling things is that there's what a week between trailers, yeah, and. Some things that you wouldn't think would be changed were changed, and it seemed, anyway, on the face of it, to be in response to some of the criticisms of the first trailer. There was some, there was some, some serious and some silly backlash to the first trailer. Yeah. Um, some of the sillier stuff, you know, the the title text was that you know four scientists saved New York. Well, Winston Zedmore wasn't a scientist. No. Uh, they actually changed that for the international trailer. I can't believe anybody really cares. I, I mean, they're right. They're absolutely right. Yeah. The whole thing that made Zedmore's character is that he wasn't a scientist. He was just a regular guy playing off of these three psychopaths. Right. But you, can, I mean, you knew what they meant. But it, it's it's like if they, they try and sell it as the, this change, oh, we didn't mean anything by it. It was just this. It was what we were doing for the international one. But it's like... Are you trying to tell us that an international audience doesn't know what a scientist is, so you had to change it to friends? No. It seemed like a pure nitpicky correction to what the hardcore fans were seeing in that first trailer. And honestly, I thought that worked kind of well in the first trailer. I mean, let's be honest, one of the big things that's been talked about about this Ghostbusters movie is that it's an all-female cast. Yeah. Um, setting it up that way in the first trailer seemed to say, you know, four scientists saved New York. But now it's 2016, and, you know, there can be lady scientists. Don't get me wrong, I'm aware of Marie Curie. But, you know, a lot of smaller-minded people have a big problem with that gender switch. The rest of us don't give a hoot. Yeah. But it seemed like that's what they were drawing attention to. Changing it in the international one to Four Friends Saved New York, that seems to take some of the... Some of the oomph out of it. I mean, they know? still go through their, their credentials, though. Of, they uh, do. Them being all super smart and stuff. Yeah, one of them is, into, is an engineer, one of them is a quantum physicist, yeah. which, I mean, again, is kind of science fiction's getaway trope. Right. Like, getting into quantum physics is like the new tachyons. You, <laughs> you can't find a way to explain it? I don't know, tachyons. Yeah, quantum. It's, it's all quantum. Quantum tachyons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Create the warp field bubble, Wesley. Right. Um, they made that change. Um, maybe the bigger concern was with the character played by its Leslie Jones. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a criticism in the original Ghostbusters, too. It's three white guys, and then the one black guy joins halfway through the movie and doesn't really seem to contribute very much. Yeah. Now, again, it's three white girls, 
And then one black girl who, I, I believe her opening line in the first trailer is that, you know, like, you know, the, all the white scientist girls are so smart and stuff, but, but she's valuable too because she knows New York and she has a car. Yeah. It's, hmm. man, it's hard to talk about, but in a, uh, it just seems like it was something they could have spotted a million miles away, something they could have addressed better. The other thing is it's hard to criticize just because just it's a trailer. You know, we don't know what it's, how it's actually going to play out in the movie. Very true. But the reaction on the internet was, oh, look at the three smart, educated, talented white women and the stereotypical urban black person. Yeah. That's not a very good <laughs> image to convey. No. And again, maybe it's like it maybe it's not like that at all in the movie, but that's all we saw in the trailer. Yeah. Was we saw that I'm not so smart, but I know New York, and then we saw the whole stereotypical Southern Baptist, you know, the power compels you slap slap yeah, thing. Yeah, the, the folks really, had a, uh, dated exorcism or exorcist joke. Yeah. So the internet had a bit of a, a backlash, and she came out herself on Twitter and yeah. said, like, what's wrong with that? Why can't I just be me? And she has a very valid point. Certainly. But again, the international trailer seems to have cleaned some of that up. Yeah. They took out the line about her pointing out, you might be, you might be so smart, but that yeah. one happens to be cut. And there's even a comment she makes where, you know, she's joking about being, like, what's the, the line is, like, I don't know if it was a race thing. Yeah. It seems like they're trying to address it. Essentially, what we're dancing around is it seems like they reacted to some backlash from the first trailer, cut this new trailer almost immediately, and tried to jump on top of it. But it also seems like, how could you not have seen it coming? Like, in this day and age, it just seems really hard to have watched that trailer in the first place and and not seen where these problems were going to come from. Do you think it's possible that... They wanted to create controversy, start conversations. That's always the smoking man black helicopter argument, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, the no publicity is bad publicity. Yeah. But I don't know if that's true these days. Yeah. Uh, when everybody has a Yelp account and YouTube yeah. comments, like, you know, you can severely impact someone's business. Like, one bad Twitter post can yeah. cost millions of dollars. So it's a tough call to say if you want to make that sort of leap. It's also worth noting that the characters that Jones generally plays, it's, it's Saturday Night Live, which yeah, is where we're coming she's... from. A lot, like, that sort of tends to be her shtick. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not... Very the... loud. <laughs> Very loud. Um, so, of course, if they wanted her involved, that's what they want to sell. And it's, it is funny, but it can be a little bit sensitive. Uh, either way, they've released this new trailer. Seems like, felt like hours after the first one. <laughs> that seems to clean it all up. So on the one hand, it's like, okay, there was a backlash. They decided to address it. Good on them. Mm -hmm. Problem solved. We'll see about the movie. On the other hand, it makes you wonder how easy is it to force a major motion picture studio to change their mind with a bunch of angry YouTube comments. Uh, that's a good point. I mean, is it just going to encourage more of these backlashes? It does seem like there's a culture of outrage out there. Definitely. But it's hard to say. Either way, it'll be interesting to follow and see what happens. And again, also worth noting, there's going to be a new Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. That's very exciting to me. And they've also already started talking about the other new Ghostbusters movie. Uh, Channing Tatum is already, I think, officially involved in some capacity. And they're talking about Chris Pratt now being involved, too. So... If you don't like Lady Ghostbusters, just wait a couple months and there will be a guy Ghostbusters. Do we too. know how that's supposed to work yet? Like, are they all in this? Is it a shared universe thing? Or all I know is that a, 
And apparently, this is, this is, I guess a lot of it's still rumor, but apparently this current Ghostbusters movie that's coming out is not going to be tied directly, or at least not in continuity, with the Ghostbusters movies that came before. And it's an interesting gamble. Yeah, it seems like they've just decided to become Ghostbusters completely independently of the previous Ghostbusters movies, which seems a little weird. Like, And a little contrary to the trailer, referencing the original yeah, incident. Yeah. Well, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose, but... New Ghostbusters. Hey. That's good news to me. So, number one. Yes. The coolest thing to happen, certainly in time to record this podcast, and maybe also in the history of human civilization. Uh, that would be my take on it. <laughs> <laughs> the new trailer for Marvel Civil War. Do you, would you like to break it down, all the important bits? Well, let's just cut to the chase. The biggest thing that happened in that trailer is at the very end... You know, Cap and Iron Man are facing off, as we expect from the Civil War storyline. They're they're ready to go, and then Tony Stark calls down some help from above. Not Jesus, but Spider-Man. Close. Close. <laughs> he webs up uh, Cap's shield, takes it, lands, and it, it, it's a cool suit. It's a little different from what we're used to, but looks pretty close to the source material. And the eyes actually change size so there's some expression there he can change the size of his eyes to denote different facial expressions ah looks so good now let's be clear the concept of spider-man being in this movie is a big deal in the original civil war arc in the comic book he's got a big part of it now they could change that in the story that's fine but this has to do with the licensing Mm -hmm. for these characters Marvel, who's finally decided to start making their own movies and been knocking them out of the park with every one. Yeah. They can't make a Spider-Man movie. Or they couldn't. (laughs) Or they couldn't. Yeah. Now, it seems like these studios are finally starting to get along and put our superheroes together. Yeah. Now, obviously, I'm excited about the end of this. If they can get Sony on board to lend them the Spider-Man license, or hopefully get it back, can they get to Fox and get them to give the X-Men back for a while? What I'm saying is... Can Infinity War feature the Avengers, the X-Men, Deadpool, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and Spider-Man all in one movie? And, and would it be possible to watch that movie without just everyone's heads exploding? Yeah, or at least without becoming completely confused about who's who and why everyone's there. But it would be really cool, and I, I would love to see it. I'd also love to see... Now that... I mean, Fox seems to be doing a decent job with the X-Men movies. But they have really dropped the ball on the Fantastic Four, and they're an important part of the comic book landscape. If Fox would just, at the very least, let Marvel have the Fantastic Four back so they can do them properly, you know, give them a real shot at at being what they can be, that would be nice to see. I did deliberately leave Fantastic Four. I can't even say it out loud. No, I still (laughs) say Fantastic after that horrible movie. Yeah. Um... I deliberately left them out of that list because it seems like they have a hard time making them work. But it doesn't seem like it would be that hard. Yeah. And the Incredibles. The Incredibles is a Fantastic Four movie, just with slightly different costumes. Right. That's what they should be aiming for. The Incredibles is, there's no other way to say it, an incredible movie. It's, <laughs> it's really good, and it's it takes the whole spirit of family and superheroing that the Fantastic Four created and did it better than any Fantastic Four movie has had a chance to do. So I'm ready to see Marvel and Disney and Pixar work together and make a Fantastic Four movie that is worthy of the name. I mean, I I enjoyed seeing that terrible Fantastic Four movie just on a level of 
the conversations had started. <laughs> Just, you know, like, here's a list of what not to do. Yeah, it was. It's a completely fascinating movie to watch just to be like how could they get so much wrong and it's you you could just sit there and catalog all these mistakes i made through it and i feel like if there was someone who actually appreciated the the core concepts of the fantastic four who had been involved in that movie on any level they could have avoided a lot of the things that make that movie so bad so here's hoping that they can come back home to marvel and get cleaned up it looks like that might be what's happening with Spider-Man. Yeah. Now, I've heard rumors of the next round of Spider-Man movies, um, but I guess nothing is really set in stone yet. We don't know if Sony's going ahead with it on their own. My understanding is that, uh, you know, Sony's letting Marvel do what they need with Spider-Man and this, and then they're going to do their own Spider-Man movie with some Marvel involvement on their own. You know, they're... they're, they're going to be some sharing and going back and forth but sony's still ultimately going to have the final say for their movies i I think but they can let spider-man show up in these ones and i'm telling you these the the three seconds of spider-man that you see in this trailer was it seems right it seems right the character seems right he seems to fit in with everyone else but still sort of have his own thing looks like he would be a valuable addition to that world yeah um and again, like all these movies, let's be honest, like Civil War is technically Captain America 3, but yeah. it's just Avengers 2.5, yeah. I guess. Everybody's in this movie. <laughs> Ant-Man is in this movie. Ant-Man is in it. it I, I gotta say, the whole the whole trailer is pretty... Uh, not, I, I can't even use the word grim. I wanted to say grim, but compared to the, the Batman vs. Superman trailer, this was <laughs> like... A day at the beach, but it's a little more serious, a little more heavy than some of the Marvel movies we've seen up to this point. And then Ant-Man shows up, and it, at least for me, it changed the whole tone of the trailer, because his movie was basically a comedy. Yeah. And But anyway, it'll still be cool to see him. And let's be it, with Spider-Man, it's gonna be funny. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, Iron Man already has wonderful lines. Now Spider-Man's gonna be there, and they're gonna be, it's gonna be quiptacular. Yes, yes. (laughs) It's going to be a blast. We're going to have a great time. What's the what's the release? When does it hit theaters? Is it May? April. It's April. Yeah. I'm, I'm can't wait. Counting the days. Okay. So, that's the top five coolest things that happened this week. You're listening to Geek Top 5, the podcast. Uh, we'll be right back with our guest segment, so stay tuned. Okay, so part two of episode one of Geek Top Five. We Geek have Top Five. Geek Top Five. We got our special guest here today, Kylie, with a list of the top five casting rumors in the mill right now for or casting news or casting news in some right. cases for uh, upcoming DC or Marvel movies. Uh, Kylie, wouldn't, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello there. Uh, this is my first podcast ever, so very excited. <laughs> Um, it's, it's good to start with the best. Yes, right? <laughs> start at the top, work my way down. Let there we go. Deal. Okay, all, all right. right, so who's what's number five on your list? Okay, so number five was the rumor that Alan Tudyk and Nathan Fillion would be in a possible Blue Beetle Booster Gold movie. Now, I know that it started from, I believe someone had asked Nathan Fillion who he'd want to play. I think he said Booster Gold was the sort of character that he thinks he'd be good at. And then somebody asked Alan Tudyk how how he felt about that, and then he said, I'd play the Blue Beetle, and if it was with Nathan. So, it's kind of an interesting rumor. Makes sort of sense. Like, the two yeah. of them together is a good fan sort of love, so... So they, they made their name on uh, the Firefly TV show, and they have great chemistry, and they've worked together a bunch since then. They were both 
voice actors in the, a few of the Halo games. They did a, a Vimeo sort of TV series called Con Man together. And uh, I haven't actually watched that, but I'm, I'm I have. Really, it's, I it's, check it out. It's fun. It's yeah? a lot of fun. Yeah. If, you, if you've been to a con, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, oh, so Con Man is in convention as yeah. opposed to... Okay, that's cute. They were yeah. both... Uh, the premises, they were both on a sci-fi TV series that got canceled prematurely and... Uh, completely hypothetical. Completely yeah. hypothetical. <laughs> and now they're they're doing the con circuit. And I think Alan Tudyk's character is sort of... Uh, resentful that that's the only thing he's known for whereas nathan's character has gone on to do tons of different things and famous and that sort of thing yeah so it's it's a lot of fun for people who like them who yeah. love firefly there's tons of cameos by people so yeah and booster gold and blue beetle are a great match for them because they they started off like completely different characters had nothing to do with each other and then they were thrown together on the justice league international comic book and that series took the Justice League format, which has always been, you know, Wonder Woman, Superman, all the huge characters, Batman, but this was a team of sort of also-rans, and it played with that, and they, they were funny, and it, it was, and those two in particular became buddies, and you don't get a lot of that in comic books, just like two buddies who happen to be superheroes, and it would work really well with these actors. Now, the fact that they've both come out and said they'd like to do it. I mean, do we know if there's anything? Has anyone actually followed up on that? I mean, I would also like to play <laughs> boost, you know, opposite Nathan Fillion. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen anything where it's actually, like, progressed past that. So that's why it's, yeah, more of a rumor in a sense. But I haven't seen anything. I don't know if you have Graham, but I haven't seen anything further than that. I don't think so. And I don't think it will happen, at least not with this version of the DC universe that they're doing in the movies yeah. where everything is super serious yeah. and everything's got to have so much gravity and weight yeah. behind it. And the yeah, end these of the characters world. don't fit that very no. well. Unless, it's hard to do. Oh, sorry. Unless they do something similar where it's their version of the Guardians of Galaxy where they have a separate thing that's just like a fun, different thing. I doubt it, but... Yeah. I could see that be maybe what they would go with, but I could see it almost more likely happening as one of the animated movies. Right. Yeah. Which wouldn't be so bad. No. Like Nathan Fillion already has some experience doing that with the Wonder Woman stuff. Yeah. And oh, some of those that anim- Wonder Woman one is so good. It. Oh, it's what? so good. It's yeah. like one of the best DC movies, period. Okay, you have to tell me which one that is later. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the origin story one. He plays, um, what's the character's Steve name? Steve Trevor. Steve no Trevor. Way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to watch this now. <laughs> so he, he plays Wonder Woman's sort of, I guess, not quite love interest. Definitely but love interest. Definitely yeah. love interest. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm okay. so excited about that now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've seen, I know he's done, uh, he's done Green Lantern, Hal's voice a lot. Yeah. And then um, Alan's done, like, Green green arrow and a few other things like that so yeah. i've seen i've seen them do stuff like that but um that's i'm gonna have to watch that wonder woman one that would be cool yeah. now are they you know like those animated movies the dc ones especially there's a few that are great mm-hmm. but is that the kind of thing that they're leaning towards right now i mean obviously dc is trying to replicate the marvel avengers shared universe thing right are they going to be willing to spend money they're the kind of thing. Like, they're definitely churning out those animated movies still. Like there was a Batman one that came out recently. And, Bad Blood. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I haven't watched a lot of the more recent ones, but they're still pumping them out. They're getting good reviews, and Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk certainly aren't strangers to voice acting, and I don't think they would be cost prohibitive to get them for a sort of one-off yeah it's true you don't have to pay you know red carpet oscar fees to yeah. get them 
Uh, and they also seem to really enjoy it. So yeah, that's maybe a good way to look at it, is that hopefully we can see a really cool animated feature in the that's near future. That's a good future. point, yeah. I never thought about the animated. The animated makes more sense for this, actually. What could also work is it would, to my mind anyway, fit in really well with the TV universe. With, yeah. Because uh, you've got mm. a lot of solo heroes, Flash and Green Arrow and Supergirl, but to have a buddy team-up show, especially with two guys with very different power sets, yeah. they could really play off each other really well. Yeah. I mean, I've got they've got Legends of Tomorrow, but again, it's a whole team. you got to balance all that. If they've had like a buddy cop situation, it, it seems like it would be awesome. And both of them have had TV shows. I mean, Castle is probably going to go on forever, but Alan Tudyk was on uh, Suburgatory. Oh, yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or something like that. So they got TV cred, and, and it would that would be a good show. Although, I would watch that. the interesting thing now is that Alan's now going to be in, is it Rogue One? Is that yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. he's going to be taken from that. For, so this might not be something that'll happen for a while, but may happen at some point. Yeah. It would be nice, but... I can see the TV show being yeah. a big deal, especially with the way those are blowing up. And, and you know, you talk about them being separate, but Flash is crossing over with Supergirl. And yeah. So I exciting. think there's been some overlap with Arrow. A bunch. It, he, so. Yeah. I mean, Kylie is the DC Universe pusher over here as far as the TV shows <laughs> yes, go. Yes, But, uh, yeah, Barry Allen from The Flash got his start on the Green Arrow TV show. Yeah, and then they just announced, uh, or well, they didn't just announce, sorry, but um, Stephen Amell at a panel last night said that he's expecting them to do a three-show three, three uh, crossover with Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, and Flash probably next season, so. So if they wanted to introduce them to the shared universe, that would be that would be the best way to do it. Yeah. All right, so what's uh, number four? So number four is Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, as Black Adam. Now, originally, in the Shazam movie... Um, right. Originally, everyone thought he was going to play Shazam, but I believe he's come out recently and saying that he chose Black Adams instead. Is yeah. it Adams or Adam? Adam. Adam, thank you. Um, <laughs> instead. So um, I thought that was interesting because I think that if you look at the characters, he might fit more with Black Adam, but he could play either one, in my opinion. Like, Yeah, I think he's he works best when he's not taking himself too seriously, and Black Adam is a very serious is character. Okay. I would almost mm-hmm. prefer seeing him as Captain Marvel because he's so good with... Well, but it wouldn't be Captain Marvel anymore. It would be Shazam, right? I mean, we'll have to wait and see because they have to. They would have to call the movie Shazam, but they could still call the character Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, But it's definitely it gets really confusing with this character name in particular, as we'll find out later on the list. But uh, the whole premise of the DC Captain Marvel is that it's a little boy who says a word and then basically becomes Superman, but he's still in most versions anyway, has the mind of a little boy. So it's this, it's sort of like big, except with superpowers. And I think The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, could pull off that that persona really well. But it, I, I'm curious to see who they end up getting. I mean, maybe it'll be Channing Tatum is who, they, who he turns into, or Chris Pratt, or who knows. Yeah, see, I had heard, I had, heard, I had thought about Channing Tatum because I could see him playing the comedy <laughs> of the little boy in the man's body kind of thing really yeah. well but it's just interesting I thought that I don't know I would have liked to have seen like you said the rock playing like playing Captain Marvel I think he would have played it better than Black Adam but it is interesting mm-hmm. and it's great I mean everyone loves the rock like whatever yeah. he's in is like turning to gold now what about San Andreas Jess Well, I mean, I could could definitely... Actually, I'm thinking about him as Black Adam, and again, my Shazam lore is a little behind, so you can correct me on this, but there's some Egyptian stuff with that. He's Egyptian and also from space. 
Something along those lines, I think. And whenever I think of The Rock, I think of like the the Scorpion King, right? Uh, which That's probably true. he yeah. probably isn't terribly thrilled with that association. <laughs> but in a way, if he's playing like you know an evil pharaoh essentially is, with superpowers, like is it just the Scorpion King all over again at that point, I hadn't really thought of that. It's well, I mean, the uh, that's a tough call because they did the prequel movie to the Scorpion King where it was essentially the Rock in Egypt. Yeah. So they just got to take that movie, dress him up in a jumpsuit, and then <laughs> have him fight Shazam or yeah. Captain Marvel, depending on which name they pick. I honestly, I'm like, I could see that. I yeah. like, I liked him in that role. I mean, it wasn't a super serious role. <laughs> yeah. But I thought he pulled it off really well. Uh, what gets me about this movie is who are they going to pick to be the kid? Who are they going to get to play yeah. Bi- like non-superform Billy? That uh, could go either way very quickly. Yeah. We don't yeah, want to end up with a Jake Lloyd scenario is what I'm no. saying. <laughs> but, you know, they, there's been a pretty good run of kid actors in movies lately. Like the, the kid who was in Iron Man 3, yeah. I thought was fantastic. He was so really good. good. And the kid from Looper... He's great, great performances and just charming as hell. And, and having them, either one of them, play Billy Batson could work. Although, yeah, they may have aged out of the role by now. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the How problem old? with child actors. How old is the kid? Is, is the... I think he's supposed to be 12 or 13, 12 or generally. 13. Okay. Which, in movie speak, means they'll age him up to 15 or 16. For girls? Essentially. Yeah. I almost guarantee... I mean, you know, like the Ender's Game, like yeah. all, all that yeah. stuff. They always age them up a little yeah, bit, yeah, just yeah. to make it a little easier to work with. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, I mean, the latest revamp of the character that they did in the New 52, he was 15 or 16, I think, and... They tried to make it gritty and stuff, and they're always trying to do that with Captain Marvel, but he's a character that I think works best when he's a little ludicrous. Yeah, your favorite adversary in that series was the, the Tiger Man with the pistol. He's not a, an adversary. <laughs> he's his buddy, Taki Tani. He's a... Taki Tani the Tiger. Yeah. Uh, my favorite adversary is Mr. Mind, who's a telepathic bookworm, you know? He's like a little worm with, with glasses, and he takes people over with his mind. It's, it's pretty sweet. That's awesome. We'll have to wait and see what that holds for us. <laughs> All right, what, what do we got next? Kylie, number three on the list. Uh, J.K. Simmons as uh, Commissioner Gordon, which was just announced recently for the Justice League movie. Now, we've seen him previously, obviously, in Spider-Man. Yeah, so this is where I have a problem, because it probably precludes him from being J. Jonah Jameson again in any future Spider-Man movies, and he was the perfect yeah. J. Jonah Jameson. No one will be able to top that. It'll all just be imitations. It's like when they try and recast the Joker in, in cartoons with someone other than Mark, Mark Hamill. Hamill. Yeah. It just ends up being uh, an imitation, and it's never as good. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But do you, do you feel like he could pull off a good Commissioner Gordon? Sure. That's a tough one for me. I mean, I think his best performances are the ludicrous performances. Um, J.K. Simmons, to me, is at his best when he's hilarious. Commissioner Gordon isn't funny. (laughs) Well, hey, in the Adam West series, he had uh, some good chuckles. (laughs) Yeah, but even then, he was like the dumb cop chuckles. Like, you know, he was a silly character. It's been the modern-day Commissioner Gordon. It's it's just one problem after another. The Gary Oldman Commissioner Gordon? Yeah, the Gary Oldman Commissioner Gordon. Or the Commissioner Gordon from No Man's Land. Like the, right. they have to make the decision, like to like lower themselves to the gang's level or yeah. not. Like Commissioner yeah. Gordon's got issues, man. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't know either. Are they casting J.K. Simmons and they're going to have him play it really straight, or do they want a sillier Commissioner Gordon? Both of those rub me kind of the wrong way. To be fair, though, he 
did win an Oscar last year for Whiplash, and he was incredible. Oh, he's in done movie. serious roles yeah. for sure. I just like the silly roles better. Yeah. Sure, I you know, I liked him as J. Jonah Jameson. I liked him as the president of the United States in the Red Alert games. <laughs> right, with the whole you know, like his his campaign slogan was, was "Attack Dogs." He was in the games. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't even he's, know that. Yeah, it was a the blast. Red Alert games, especially They're so like, from good. Three on have amazing casts. Yeah, I was, didn't know that. I might look back at that. J.K. Simmons, George Takei, Tim Curry oh, as the yeah. as the Soviet premier. Spice. Oh, Lock and load. That's the one I remember all the time. Lock and load. <laughs> so and, you know, and Portal Two, like yeah. J.K. Simmons and Portal Two, like that he makes right. that game, but he's silly. So it seems strange to me that this. I mean, if it's the, following the, the tradition of these DC movies, it's got to be the dark and gritty Gordon, right? And, right. The other thing is, it's going to be in a, a. He's starting this role in the Justice League movie. So how much is he going to have to do? You know. Yeah. Yeah. If you already have an alliance of superheroes, yeah. what's the police going to do? Well, where does the Batman standalone movie fall into this? Do we know in terms of like chronological order? In terms of because is Justice League going to happen before the Batman standalone movie comes out, and then? I like, think so. Yeah. I think because I'm pretty sure I read that Affleck is going to be directing the Batman one, really and he's got some other movie in the works right now that he's directing. So it would have to be after that, and each movie takes like two years to make. Yeah. So if I'm they s- want to get that Justice League movie out, lickety split. So it's probably going to be Justice League and then Batman. Yeah. So I, I find we'll it fascinating. I'm still trying to figure out where the movies all line up in, in order because if you think about it from what I know of Suicide Squad there's the flashbacks with ba- with uh, Joker and Batman so okay. where does that line up with what oh. Superman versus Batman is where you can see that in that he's older and he's kind of like you see the Robin outfit has been like vandalized and yeah. stuff. so like where does it, plus the standalone Batman where would that fall is it after is it in between is it prequel is it see, that's interesting yeah. I didn't realize there was that level of connection like I didn't realize yeah. that was the same Joker, is yeah. it? Which makes sense. I mean, you know, he we know he's still around after like the Batman Begins trilogy, but well, then... I don't think this Joker is going to be connected. So to it's not that Joker, not the not Christopher Joker. Nolan no. Joker. Oh, okay. Now I'm a little let down again. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, uh, but well, you know, they'd have to resurrect Heath Ledger for it to be that Joker. Well, yeah. they, they could do their best again. Maybe it would just come off as an imitation. But... Yeah. I just, uh, and this is de- dealing back again to DC trying to build the same shared universe that Marvel has. And they've got way too many disparate elements to put together. It's it's also, you know, they with Marvel, they started off with these individual movies and then worked them into one whole. Yeah. With this, they're starting with one whole and, and then they're, they're going to break off. them off. So it seems like with Marvel, they were able to get the individual characters where they wanted them. And then put them all together. Yeah. With this, with the DC ones, they're creating them in this movie if they don't work in the movie and then trying to break them off after that after they already don't work it'll be weird but maybe it'll give them a chance to correct Commissioner Gordon isn't getting his own movie is he? (laughs) I I, look if it's J.K. Simmons I'll watch it I would watch it it. (laughs) again another case of wait and see I suppose yeah what Um, do we got at number two? number two is Kate Blanchett as is it Hella? I think they Hella and Thor. Hella and yeah. Thor. Um, so what I read recently was, uh, and spoiler alert for anybody who doesn't want to know this, but was a small uh, uh, like plot point of basically like Loki and Kate Blanchett's character are basically going to um, not destroy the hammer, but like takes it away from Thor. Thor gets banished to a planet where. It's basically like a gladiator-style fight system where he meets the Hulk, who's also there, and that's kind of what the Thor 3 is going to be. Yeah. Um, so I'm very... Mm-hmm. 
I'm very excited about this casting because Kate Blanchett is awesome and whatever she does, I find usually. So, and I'm very excited to see her play off Loki and see how that sort of uh, team up will work if that's how they go with the story. That's interesting. Like in like in Norse, like Hela is just hell in Norse mythology, correct? Right. Is the similar character? Yeah. Now they have a like in the mythologically speaking, like I think she's Loki's daughter yeah. in the mythology. And I read that too, yeah. So and I get, I remember they tr- sort of tried to make that work in the comics, like she was the daughter of an alternate dimension Loki, or whatever. It's, it would be a little too complicated to work into the movies that way, but. Yeah. In terms of the cinematic Marvel universe, what we have now, we know that Loki is in a place of great power. Yeah, and at it, the end of Thor two, he spoilers, right? But just to, to clarify, yes. he's like replaced Odin, and nobody knows it. They he's like camouflaged himself as yeah. Odin, and he's in, in control of Asgard. So, but a character like even with an actress as powerful as you know, Kate Galadriel Blanchett, <laughs> like you know, sort of working with him, but also sort of you know challenging that level of power that could be a really fun dynamic mm-hmm. it's true I, I you know that's probably the right call that she's gonna be hella but i think it would be interesting if just just for the sake of, of uh, another option of who she could play in the world war or the Pl- planet hulk series which the gladiator elements of this seem to be coming from there's this uh warrior woman who is like fights Hulk at one point and then they team up or it would be interesting if Kate Blanchett was playing her and because I I don't know I do you really need Hela I mean I guess we have to wait to see what well the movie I mean is. it's Thor Ragnarok like it's, yeah they're gonna have a big snake and they have to have hell <laughs> yeah. right there's so, also talk of like Idris Elba getting a more substantial role in this one, one as well and, yeah and then I heard um I heard it's kind of like a not a buddy road trip, but that's what I sort of heard it kind of as like Hulk and Thor trying it back to Asgard after they're both, you know, find, they find each other on this planet and they have to get back. And like, so I heard that, um, but I did hear the one about um, his character getting more sort of storyline as well. Yeah. yeah. And we see him in that scene in Ultron when Thor has his vision, he's talking yeah. to Heimdall yeah. Yeah. Who, who's all, look what you've done and everybody's going to die and everything is terrible. Right. Um, <laughs> Sort of the, one of the more unfortunate bits of Ultron did not quite fit into the movie well. No, but, but you know they they needed to tie it in. It, 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 you know, if you have the Blu-ray of that, or I guess the DVD, the deleted scenes help flesh that out a little. I got to do that. It makes it a little bit better, but I guess to tease you for the next Thor movie. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Having Kate Blanchett, like it's something about her presence. I, I, well, okay. What I'm saying is, I want her to play evil Galadriel. That's essentially what I'm getting to. I, I having her as an action character doesn't seem like it would be as cool as having her be like you know the bad queen. Right, but I feel like an action character would be something we haven't seen her do before, and it might be a more interesting way to lure her to the part. You know, right. instead yeah. of her just being Galadriel again. You know, I, you've never you've never seen me wear a slinky on my head, but that doesn't make it <laughs> like make well, it a good idea. With actors, actors tend to not want to do the same things over and over again. They tend to want to branch out and get more range, so they right. can try new things and and so they don't get bored. Like, just as a brief tangent, I read something about Leonard Nimoy where after Star Trek ended, he did Mission Impossible. And one of the things he liked about the character was every episode, he he was this, like, uh, undercover guy. And every episode, he'd get to play something different. He was really excited about that at first, but then just became 
Anyway, that's getting uh, <laughs> off topic. But the idea that every episode he'd get to play right. something different was appealing to him. And I imagine that's the same for a lot of actors. Maybe Kate Blanchett wants to show that she can kick ass. Yeah, because she did just play like Cinderella's stepmom, which yeah. is, again, evil queen type sort of role. So she's worried about being typecast, even yeah. though she does it so well. She's yeah. so good at it. So good. And I'm not saying she is worried about that. That's just what I'm thinking yeah. in my head. But but she's worried that you know she's going to have to re- return to the West and diminish and remain Kate Blanchett. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, they sold me on Thor three just by saying that Kate Blanchett was in it. They sold it to me by the fact that the Hulk's going to be the in Hulk it. in it as well. Yeah, you I know? heard. Uh, I think they just um, Lady Sif. I think they just said that she's coming back maybe for a small okay. part of it as well, which I'm interested to see how that sort of comes into play. Only small. I find that interesting. Well, I... I, I double check. Gonna, I don't know if it was only small, but I know that she's on Blind Spot right yeah, now, so I don't know about... The she, actress has her own TV show that she's anchoring, so they probably... Great show, by the way. Uh, take your word for it. <laughs> but So she might not have time to come back and play you know, Marvel Xena again. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. I really like her role in the... I know, I love it. ...in the yeah. Marvel Universe. And I'd like to see more of Sif in the Warriors 3 in the broader Avengers context. Yeah. I think they'd make a lot of really fun additions to the team. Yeah. Um, I also, also, I'm a big Errol Flynn fan, so... If, if yeah. only the Thor movies had done better, maybe they could have branched out and done a Journeys into Mystery movie where it's like Sif and the Warriors 3 and they don't have to be quite as tied to the the yeah. regular Marvel Universe. But they're not the big moneymakers for Marvel. No, I understand that. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why throwing Hulk in there is good because everyone's loved the Hulk in the Avengers movies, but he hasn't been able to hold a movie on his own. Thor hasn't done as well on his own as he has in those movies, so putting them together... Right, peanut butter good. and jelly. Yeah. 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 All right, uh, okay. what's what's number one? Number one is Captain Marvel, and how many thousands of different uh, actresses have been linked or rumored to be in this role. We've got Charlize Theron, Emily Blunt, Ronda Rousey. Uh, more recently was Elizabeth... Uh, I can't see her. Is it DeBecky? DeBecky? Let's go with DeBecky. DeBecky um, from Man From U.N.C.L.E. But she uh, was recently cast, James Gunn cast her in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and everyone's kind of saying, like, we don't know what her role is, but it seems like it could fit the Captain Marvel, or she herself Uh, looks like someone who could fit the Captain Marvel. She she looks, I mean, you know, like, Marvel in the comics is a big, chesty blonde. (laughs) (laughs) She's tall, she's she's actually military, you know? But but that's, and I I didn't make that connection until just now, but the character has some Kree stuff going for her, right? Yeah. So the, the Kree being the evil Bolians from Guardians of the Galaxy 1. <laughs> Kree are better known than Bolians. I, yeah, I don't know, man. Well, I'll take it, we'll put it to a vote later on. But So having her show up, introducing that character in that universe makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and in the current run of the Guardians of the Galaxy comic books, she is a member of the team. And that's what I've heard as well. Now, the only thing is that James Gunn did say that that sh- that Captain Marvel wouldn't be in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So that that's doesn't the only... mean that Carol Danvers Exactly. Yeah, that be. was the thing. So uh, so maybe the like maybe the character gets the gets her powers or yeah, something happens to her and start the that. Yeah, see I originally thought that the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 end cutscene after the credits would have been probably a um, Captain Marvel introduction, yeah. but um, but now that she's at this uh, Elizabeth is actually cast in the movie. It seems like it might have a bit more of a introduction mm. if it is her. It, de- it depends yeah. what they want to do with her. I mean, yeah. I'm only so familiar with the like. like what, what's what's the like? 
I mean, I know she's got the Kree staff, but what does she actually do besides the usual? She's one of those really convoluted Marvel characters, but basically she flies, she's got super strength. Those are her, her main powers. In fact, you know, Rogue's powers in the comics where she flies and has super strength, those powers are actually stolen from... Captain Marvel. Right. Oh, gotcha. yeah. okay. I remember that from those old X-Men comic book on CDs. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah the one with Genosha. Okay. I'm, I'm, I, mean, I would be happy with, Krakoa? honestly... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would be happy with any of these, like, Charlize Theron. We know she can play badass, which recently we saw in Mad Max. Emily Blunt has done Edge of Tomorrow or uh, Live, Die, Repeat um, yeah. as, like, badass. And, like... Ronda Rousey's been campaigning herself for the role, which Wait, I... Ronda Rousey also acted in a movie once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She has the, like, fight stuff she could do would be amazing, like her stunt yeah. stuff, but, like, her as an actress, not really to... Uh, Pass. Yeah. Um, if she's listening, oh, God. Uh, yeah, a, she, yeah, she's definitely one of those actresses who were terrified of commenting yeah. on her acting yeah. abilities. <laughs> uh, but now, the yeah, Expendables, and that wasn't... Yeah. There are things to like about Expendables, but she but wasn't. She was, not, she was not one of them. Not yeah, one of them. yeah. But uh, I, I mean, I'm curious though. Like, I, I, um, I'm really excited for the character. I'm really excited to see what they do. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it's a long way off. I think it's like 2019 or something like that yeah. now. So it's, it's crazy long way off. how far out they project these things. But it's like exciting. Like, I think it'd be great to see uh, on screen. I know. But bearing that in mind, yeah. I mean, I Charlize Theron. Is I don't know how old she is now, but True. she's she's getting up there as far as playing these action characters. Maybe casting her now for a starring role. Right. What is it? Three years from now, you might be asking a lot. Elizabeth Debicki is in her like early to mid twenties. Yeah. She seems like a more reasonable fit if you want someone to be able to continue playing the character for many right. years. Right. You have down to do it forever. Yeah. I kind of like the idea too that she's Elizabeth isn't as big yet as yeah. a star. I kind of like the idea of like like when they cast people like in Star Wars and they cast Daisy, like people who you don't know. You're on a first you, name basis with yeah, Daisy. I, am, I, am, I, am, I, am, I like to think that we're best friends. We're not. Um, but like I think that like that sort of casting like makes me more excited because you don't you don't associate them with anyone else yeah. already like at least you associate her with a lot of different roles right like yeah it's true she's sort of been all over the place yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe that's a good thing and maybe that's a bad thing but i mean it, it avoids the Kate blanchett problem of getting typecast right yeah. yeah but yeah you're right like the big thing for the it's, it's not just for one movie far in the future it's for this constant commitment yeah um, on the other hand you know they, they didn't worry about not bringing edward norton back for the hulk so. I think, well, uh, that's a complicated one, um, but yeah, I know what you mean, and I I wouldn't have had a problem with, with them bringing Edward Norton back, but I think there were some uh, personality clashes involved mm, yeah. there, but he's, he was, I thought he was great mm. as Bruce Banner. He definitely looked more like the Bruce Banner from the comics than Mark True. Ruffalo does. But what I mean is that your worst case scenario, if they cast someone doesn't work out, I mean, as long as they're wearing the same leotard. And she's even got a mask. Yeah. They've been pretty good about that with the Marvel movies, though. Like, the Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton was done just before this Marvel stuff started. Yeah, before it really got locked into a shared universe. Although they have brought William Hurt into Captain America 3, playing the same character he did in Incredible Hulk. Oh, uh, really? Thunderbolt Ross, yeah. But then, on the other hand, Rhodey... Um, yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. You know, Terrence Howard played him in the mm. first movie, and then and, uh, Don Cheadle's played him yeah. in the rest. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like anybody wants Terrence Howard back. <laughs> uh, yeah. I will say one thing that made me kind of sad, though, that I heard. Um, I didn't realize that Captain Marvel is actually supposed to be Jessica Jones's best friend in the comics, and that yeah. in the show they originally had the character instead of Hellcat or is it 
Yeah. And it's Hellcat. Instead of Hellcat, it was supposed to be Captain Marvel, but they had to switch it because of the plan for the movie. I would have actually liked that. I would have kind of liked... But but if you had to have an actress in a movie and a TV show at the yeah. same time, there's no way you could make that schedule work. Yeah. They, they... I just thought it was interesting. I didn't know that that was actually like a team-up that had happened mm. in the comics. And I really liked the idea of like Jessica Jones and like as a, as a BFF sort of storyline. <laughs> yeah. like, cool. Although I do like what they did with Patsy I Walker. Do. And they, do, they yeah. made her a more viable character. She's sort of uh, a kind of a forgotten character in the Marvel Universe a lot of the time. And... Uh, that gave her a chance to shine, give her a chance to get back into the spotlight a little bit. It ended up being great. I just, I, I, yeah. I thought about it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, at the start of the concept of the show, Captain Marvel was supposed to be the best friend. And then because of the mm-hmm. universe of the movies, right. that got scrapped. Which is great because now we get to see Captain Marvel as a full, like a full-fledged character on, like, a movie. Like, I don't know. I'm intrigued by it. But... I mean, and I'm sure if it does really well, I'm sure they could bring her in for a cameo spot. Yeah. yeah. There, there's, um, was it Ultron? Yeah, it is Ultron where they brought in one of the villains from the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. He had oh, a quick, he had yeah. a quick walk on Hell role. Hydra. I think yeah. he, he's one of those guys. He, he's, one of, he's, he's, he's one of the Hydra scientists at the opening yeah. when yeah, they're yeah. trying to get the, the staff back. Yeah. So. Well, and Lady Sif was on... Was on, she was on uh, the show. Shield. Right, right, yeah. There was the Thor-centric episode. Yeah. So, like, the cameos is one thing, but to have a major relationship, relationship yeah. would be really difficult to shoot around. I'm sure they'd right. love to do it. And maybe they'd want... Actually, if anyone has the, the money right now, it would be awesome. Disney. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but that would still be a nightmare. Okay, so that's up for the top five, but you had a little bonus one you wanted to throw at us. Who is Scott... Eastwood playing in Suicide Squad. It has been driving me nuts. Like, I know it's supposed to be a good secret, and everyone's excited to find out, but, like, I just want to know the answer to this. Scott Eastwood is the son of Clint Eastwood, and he's, you know, Suicide Squad is this group of these ragtag supervillains who are trying to sort of, well, they're trying to get out of prison, basically. They, I, I was trying to say, you know, turn themselves around, but really, they're just doing it for purely selfish reasons. Yeah. And we don't even... Do we know what their mission is? Something involving the Joker, it looks like. Um, well, no. So what I've read is that, again, spoiler for anybody who doesn't want to know this, but what I read was that the Joker's actually only in flashbacks setting up um, Harley Quinn's storyline, um. but that their mission is to go get a Chantress. And that's oh, okay. what I had heard. Again, I don't know how it all sort of hmm. molds together or whatever, so, but... But what does that tell you about Eastwood? Like, Well, it gives us uh, so basic people he could be that fit into that world so the the main like the front runner for the the character as far as the rumor mill goes is that he's going to be deathstroke yeah that's what everyone would say because i think joe Mag- Maganello, he was the original like he's going to be slade wilson, slade wilson in the uh in the suicide squad movie and then that got kind of scrapped out and he isn't and so everyone kind of saying well scott eastwood could be playing that sort of role i think there was like a costume thing someone thought they saw like a name sort of tag on his outfit at one point or something like that. And a, mm. that's, that, it seems again, like the kind of thing that might have been yeah. done deliberately. Yeah. But that might be a JJ thing just to throw yeah. you off. Yeah. He's also a tad young for how uh, the thought. character yeah. tends to be portrayed in the comics. He, he's usually white hair, white goatee. and Old, gruffy. Old. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's got a bunch of kids running around uh, in similar outfits. Um, you know, bastard children of his who he brings into his assassin world it would also be a little weird since he is sort of a a character model for deadpool and to have him show up just after deadpool has destroyed every box office record (laughs) yeah might be a little odd it'd be hard to introduce that character 
yeah. uh, without doing a great deal to change him. And they could change him around. Yeah. I mean, all we've seen so far from onset pictures and stuff is him in sort of like a sort of like military type outfit. Yeah. Which know? is what they're all wearing. Which is yeah. what they're all wearing. So, so realistically, he could just be soldier number 50. <laughs> so like, but. the other two names that I've read about that I'm intrigued by, um, the the first one would be that if he's playing uh, Dick Grayson, you know, playing Nightwing. Because mm. uh, Batman's involved, Joker's involved, it's a bunch of Batman characters, and to have... You know, Dick Grayson show up on the team to sort of keep an eye on things. Although there are already a couple other characters in there filling that role. Katana and Rick Flagg right. are sort of are not supervillains and are part of the team. I, I had a friend of mine had recently told me who's reading the New 52 stuff is that the way that it ends is that um, with uh, Nightwing is that he is undercover. He's supposedly dead undercover for Batman. So right. that could sort of be what they're doing here. Bit of a long shot. The other but, one yeah. that interests me is Catman. I would love it if he's playing Catman. Catman? Yeah, Catman is uh, a character's uh, a supervillain as well, but he's sort of more of a an anti-hero, and he's basically Batman except cat-themed. Yeah, that sounds that's amazing. That sounds <laughs> awful. That's like that's amazing. <laughs> I think they made him cool in uh, Gail Simone's uh, Secret Six run, which is yeah. kind of a uh, Suicide Squad. I, I really hope Scott Eastwood is playing Catman now. <laughs> I, so I somehow doubt we're going to see a cat anything <laughs> for a while, but we'll have to see. In any case, right. uh, you've been listening to Geek Top 5, the podcast. That was the five cool sort of casting rumors and news that we've had in the superhero universe. Thank you very much for coming and giving Thank us you that, for Kylie. Me. And, you know, always stay tuned up for more. Um, for some cards, we've got we've got Twitters, we've got the Facebooks, yeah. we're all over the place. At GeekTop5 on Twitter, at Facebook.com slash GeekTop5, and uh, if you've got any questions or comments, or you want to get involved, you can email us at GeekTop5 at gmail.com. Special thanks to Ben Sound for our bit of intro and closing out. If you think you've got something that suits us a little bit better, please feel free to send it along to the aforementioned email address. We'd love to hear what you've got. Alright, that's it for this week. We'll see you soon.